You're listening to the Real Estate Investing Podcast with Dante Belmonte, here to help you start or continue your journey in real estate. Each episode, we bring you a different expert real estate investor who will share the secrets to their success so you can learn and benefit from their experience. Let's jump right into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we had Felipe Mejia and Ashley Kerr on the podcast. They are both the hosts from Bigger Pockets Rookie Podcast. Uh, they've been on the show before, but today we're really just talking about uh, what we think is going to happen in the market with COVID-19. We're really just chatting, having a good time. I also get to tell the story of how I recently just had a shooting at one of my nicer apartment buildings. And if you listen to the episode, we get a little more on that. Thanks for listening. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte, and drum roll for the two guests we have today. If you didn't read the title, Felipe and Ashley. We have Ashley as the master host and Felipe as the co-host. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Felipe and Ashley from Bigger Pockets uh, Rookie Podcast. What do you got there, Felipe? That is my hula dancer, and um, he's my good luck. I put him on my mic so I don't mess up. There you go. Ashley, how are you doing today? Good, good. I already recorded a podcast with Felipe today, so I'm already sick of him. So <laughs> you've had enough. Let's see Felipe. how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> Double dose of Felipe. Him and his hula dancer. Yeah. He it's just randomly will like put it up on his microphone, just you know, in the middle of an interview. <laughs> there you go. Well, to today's episode, we're just gonna really just be laying back, talking about current market, what we're seeing in the market, how we're locking down deals, what deals we're locking down, because everyone's being pretty active given what's going on with COVID-19 in the market and whatnot. So how are you guys doing? Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing in the market right now. What are you seeing going on? What do you predict? Uh, Felipe, you want to go first? Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having us back on, dude. Um, it's always fun to be here and, and, and talk to you. Um, like Ashley said earlier, we've had already had a podcast this morning. Uh, I am not sick of Ashley, though. I love <laughs> Ashley. I can be with hang out with her. Nice guy. I just need to, <laughs> since we're having this as like a, a fun interview, I have to interject there because I do like harp on Felipe and I feel like everyone thinks that like I'm mean to him, but you know, you see my sunburn. Well, when I texted a picture to him, he called me a lobster. So, you know, it goes wow. both ways. Okay. <laughs> no, Ashley legit treats me bad guys. I need you guys to show me some love. No. Uh, anyways. Um, so all that to say, yeah, no, you know, I'm still buying rental properties. Um, I, I'm actually closing on one on Friday uh, that I got about 20,000 under market value. Yay. Uh, you can see the story on my IG and um, basically still shopping, man, as long as the numbers work and it matches my goals with uh, cash flow, then I'm still buying, you know, the market's up, the market's down is uh, irrelevant to my goal. And my goal is structured in such a way that I just want a certain amount of cash flow per door. Even how much I pay for the property is almost irrelevant. But um, there is like a cap that I'd go to because the cash flow would be kind of skewed from there. Um, so yeah, personally, man, still buying. Nice. Ashley, how about you? Yeah, I actually found out today that um, my offer was accepted on a property. It's a, a bank-owned property that my partner actually found and sent it to me last week. And uh, we went and looked at it, I think, on Friday. And we decided to put an offer in. It's a single-family home, uh, four bedrooms, two baths and in a nice area um, that we'd like to invest in. So uh, we put in an offer. It was listed at 30000 but it originally had been put on the market by the bank in October at 80000 and it slowly oh, wow. decreased down to 30000 since then. So um, we 
when we were at the showing, we're like, okay, we want to put an offer in and the agent looked and he's like, actually the listing expired yesterday. I don't know why they didn't tell me that when I set up uh, the showing. So he found out that a new realtor was taking over the listing and she actually told him that there was another offer that was already submitted. So we had originally thought, well, it's been on the market this long, let's lowball it. We thought 15,000 and the, so my realtor said to the other realtor, you know, this is what they're thinking. She's like, well, that's, I'll tell you right now, that's way too low. So we're like, well, we really want it. So let's go to 25,000. So we put an offer 25,000. The bank countered at uh, 27,900. We countered back at 26,000. Then they countered back at 27,000. And uh, we settled last night on 27,000, uh, submitted to the bank that we agreed on that counter offer. And this morning um, we got contract uh, approval from the bank and now everything's been sent to our attorney. Well, what's congratulations. Crazy, what's on crazy that. about this Thank you. is that Ashley will fight tooth and nail for a thousand dollars off of a property, but buy eight dollar <laughs> breakfast juice. Okay. So let me explain. And you know what's even more funny about that is my partner Joe is he was the one that said, you know, it's only a thousand dollars, it's not a big deal. And I'm like to right. my realtor, I'm texting him, I'm like, money bags Joe says a thousand dollars is not a lot. I guess let's increase it. Let's go off another Yeah, let's just secure the deal. Why not? <laughs> Like, so I really want a trailer that we could store our tools in. That $1,000 could have bought us a trailer. Yeah, that's true. Now, yeah. what's your plan for the property? Being a, a single family in Buffalo, right? Or mm -hmm. in the, the West New York area, yeah, what's the plan yeah. for the property? The a rural suburb. But um, it's going to, so it's a single family. It could easily be turned into a duplex considering the layout of it. But um, I think it will bring in uh, more income being a single family. So um, we're going to make it into a single family and then um, rent it out. So we're going to do the birth strategy. And then nice. um, we also thought about, you know, maybe after a couple of years, um, if it wasn't performing the how we thought, then it would be easier to sell as a single family than a duplex. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Uh, and Felipe, what are you doing with that one? You're, you're closed on, is that going to be one of your infamous split level? No. What are you doing with that? Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, that's right. it. Oh, like, you're shaking your head. I was like, oh, darn it. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. I don't, I'm not fancy. I don't like have a bunch of different models that I do. I literally do the exact same thing, every single property. Um, and yeah, it's a two-story home. It's got a two-car garage and a loft. The loft already has a full bathroom and a kitchen, which is nice. amazing because I'm going to get $900 in cash flow or in cash from that one. Then I'll get uh, thirteen fifty for the upstairs, which is going to cover all my expenses: eleven hundred dollar mortgage, two hundred dollars towards bills, maybe another hundred bucks from the downstairs. But I'll cash flow right off the grip about five to six hundred bucks, and then uh, eventually I'll add two bedrooms, a kitchen, and a bath to the um, two car garage. Um, this will probably be the first time that I'm not going to do that right, like right off the bat. Um, I'm probably going to chill out for after this one. I want to see kind of what COVID-19 is doing. I'm going to diversify my money in um, other people's rentals right now and bank on what other people are doing. I know that's not conventional or what a lot of people want to do, but I actually think it's not a bad play. Um, and yeah, I may or may not build out that downstairs right away. Um, just depends on what my partner thinks. We're really right, still no, talking about but it. I I kind of like what you said in the beginning where you're like, Hey, you know, same old, what I usually do, but that's what you specialize in. You know, yep. people who are typically syndicating, uh, apartment buildings, they're not also flipping houses. They're not also doing the bird strategy. They're not messing around with duplexes because typically it's not their style. So there's nothing wrong with that. Just kind of going after 
what you've done, what you've seen great results with and what you're going to continue with. So that's pretty cool. And same for you, Ashley, you know, just exercising that burst strategy, going for those singles, those duplexes, just kind of doing what you regularly do. And I think in this time right now with the virus going on, yes, people can kind of try out new things, but they should really stick to their guns and stick to what they're used to, because I feel like that's the safest form of investing. Um, I'm not out here going to build a cell storage facility because I've never done that before. The market seems uh, a little different for that. Um, no, but that's awesome. So again, today's episode, we're really just kind of, we're, we're messing around. We're telling stories, telling what we're currently doing. Um, where do you guys see the market going as far as trend goes? Ashley, you want to go ahead? What sure. you think is going to come out of all this? Yeah. So we actually, uh, Philippe and I got to interview Jay Scott today who wrote the book. Um, mm recession proof investing uh for bigger pockets and i mean just the, the information he had to give us on market cycles and everything was uh was really interesting and so i, I he said he made it very good he's like this is just a guess it's not even an opinion this is my guess of what's going to happen um but i i think that you know I, it's going to be a hard couple months and then after that i I think we will go into a little bit of recession, um, but as long as things start to open back up, I don't think it will be that bad. And I used to think that buy and hold strategy was like the way to go, but now with you know tenants not having to pay rent um, in some states where you know they aren't getting evicted, that strategy isn't 100% proof anymore. So um, right now, what I'm recommending to anyone, if you are able to do this, is house hack. Um, you know, find a property where you're going to live in, you know, one unit and rent out the other unit. And when you house hack, make sure that you can afford that payment on your own in case you don't have a tenant. And then when you have a tenant in there, that's just, you know, extra money and that's just your mortgage paid for. That's a bonus. But make sure you can afford it on your own just in case you don't have a tenant in place. But right now, that's if you're not comfortable doing a buy and hold right now, doing a flip right now, I would say the best way to get started into real estate you know, especially for a rookie, which Felipe and I kind of cater to is to, to do a house hack. She's absolutely okay. yeah. right, man. I think the, the, the strongest thing you can do right now is how is um, like house hack or buy and hold. Um, but even right now where you aren't being like forced to pay their rent, uh, I don't want to say forced, that's a strong word, but, or, you know, that I expected to pay the rent in some States. It's um, you know, it kind of puts a, a little bit of stress on, on, on us buy and hold investors because we, that's what we were like, okay, we're going to cater to those people. Uh, we're going to, you know, buy and hold the property forever and the cash flow is going to take care of the property. But you know, if you take out the, you're expected to pay your rent portion of it, then that, you know, really puts a strain on us as investors. Now, I still think that is the safest asset class. I think the next step forward is going to be who is your target market? Like, are you looking for class A tenants or are you okay with a B minus tenant, like a blue collar? You know, I think the blue collar people right now are going to be um, more, um, you know, likely to pay their rents than some of the higher end. Yeah. you know, uh, from a farmer to a construction worker to things like that, where these guys are still working. Right. So these are great, great tenants to have right now. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I think as long as you strategize correctly, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, and to answer your question about where I think the market is going, I'm right there with Ashley, uh, in regards to, I think it's going to take a dip. I think it's going to go back up, but like she said, I just don't know how high back up it's going to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've been at all time highs, rates have been at all time lows. So it, it makes for quote unquote, like kind of like the perfect storm. And something I foresee with the market is obviously each market's going to get hit 
differently. No, no two markets are going to be the same. Yes. Yeah, some markets can be the same because there's so many out there, but like for Ashley and I, I don't think we're going to see that big of an adjustment. I, I mean, I'm not sure for how where you are actually, but like in Syracuse, central New York, like we're lucky if we get like one to 2% appreciation a year. Uh, our, our lows aren't that low. Our highs aren't that high. We're pretty steady, which is nice because it's a, it's a safe haven of investing, so to speak. We don't have to worry about the market dumping that much. Is it going to go down a little bit? Yes, but I don't think it's going to, you know, plummet. It's not going to avalanche down where we're going to see these values like Las Vegas, New York City, and, you know, Cali. Markets like that where a lot of people do bank on appreciation for their investments and their cap rates are very low. I think that's where they're going to see it the most. Um, th- that's just my thought process with that. Yeah. Bigger pockets actually released um, a bunch of data and statistics that they, they paid for to get all this um, information. And it was all about what markets to invest in, which markets are cash flowing, which markets have the most appreciation. And they actually then combined the average of those as to which market had the best appreciation and the best cash flow. So the, it was actually Buffalo, New York was, was number one, believe it or not. Calling all investors. Um, yeah, <laughs> like great, here comes our competition. But yeah. like if you took appreciation and cash flow into consideration, it was, it was the best. Um, I think like Detroit was like number one for cash flow, but it was like way down the list. Yeah, on paper, it looks, yeah. it looks amazing on paper. You're yeah. like, I can cash flow 900 a door a month. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want, to, anyone wants to check that out, it's on uh, Bigger Pockets. You just um, search uh, Insights. I think Market Insights maybe, and it's on there. You might have to be a, a pro member to look at it, but I mean, a ton of information. They've been doing weekly updates too on the market. Okay, right, let's talk about uh, rents a little bit. Last two months, uh, have you guys had rents come in on time? What percentage did you collect? How much was late? What did you do if someone was late? Did you waive the late fee? Did you work out a payment plan? Uh, Felipe, go ahead with that. Yeah, man. Um, so I have about 46 tenants and I think I had one vacant room after the past two months. Um, so everything was great. Um, I think ultimately the hardest part for me or my tenants was uh, cashing their checks. So a lot of my tenants have to go and get their checks cashed at like your local grocery store or something like that. Um, so a lot of them had more trouble with that. They were like, look, here's the money. It's just, unfortunately, you know, I'm not able to cash my check right now until this opens or that opens or whatever. So, um, but that was an easy workaround. So we were just fine. Um, no, I think, I think surprisingly, um, in a way we've seen, um, higher class tenants want to rent from us than what we're typically used to because maybe they didn't want to renew their lease or something. So they were downsizing. exactly. They're downsizing and they're like, well, you know, I'm a single guy that, has a decent job. I just don't want to rent, you know, a $1,600 apartment a month when I can come pay Felipe $600 a month for the next three to six months to see how this shakes out. You know what I mean? Right. So you, so you really haven't had that much issue collecting rents over this. It's been pretty steady for you for the most part. It's been, it's been pretty good. Yeah. And what class neighborhood or apartments do you typically invest with? Give a little more insight on that. Are you in A, B, C's? What are you, what are we looking at? Yeah. So, um, typically mine are like, uh, blue collar, uh, construction workers type of guys. Um, that's right. You did say that, right? Yep. Yep. So those are my people's, um, it could be like the line cook at one of the restaurants or something like that. Right. So, um, even those guys were able to pay their rents two or three months in advance and they're just like, we're just going to ride it out. I think more importantly, uh, the people that rent for me are more in fear of not having a place to go to 
versus paying their rent. So they would rather right. pay their rent than have to go look for another house. Right, right. Ashley, how about for you? How have things been going as far as collecting rents? Um, actually, so good so far. Uh, everyone has paid as of right now for my properties. And then there's, um, uh, I help an, another investor and he's only had a few that haven't um, paid in full, at least. So they've made, at least made partial payments. The property management company that I have, they um, actually offered a kind of a credit program and any owner could opt into it where you know, if your rent is, you know, $600 or less, we would offer you a hundred dollar credit. If you know, it was 600 to 800, we'd, we'd offer you $150 credit, but you, and this was to help them out, but they, the tenants had to submit proof that they had a hardship, which I thought was really nice because that created a lot more work for the property management company to actually have to prove. But that way, you know, someone who was still working, um, couldn't take advantage of the situation. And then right. in New York state, you can't charge late fees right now. So no uh, late fees have occurred. And right now um, you can't evict anyone until July 1st. Yeah. So I'm going to go into story mode here real quick. I got a little story. So with New York, not allowing evictions, here's what I ran into, like literally when this started. So I got married March 14th when my honeymoon got cut short, unfortunately came back and just kept doing my thing. So I'm sitting with my now wife and her, her parents at, in her living room and I get a call from uh, an old tenant I had in this one building. And just to, to set the stage for where this apartment is, is typically the median value in my market is about 150,000 for the sale of property. Uh, this duplex I have, um, I bought for about 150,000 and it's in a neighborhood that has properties upwards of four to $500,000 around it. So it's a very high class area in the city. And uh, so I get a call from the old tenant that was in the downstairs unit that I had leave and renovate the unit to raise the rent. And she called me, it's like 830 at night. I'm like, I'm not answering that. She probably just curious, like why her mail didn't get forwarded to her new address or something like that. So then she calls me again and I'm like, okay, she's calling me twice. She never calls me twice. It's 830 at night. This is a, yeah, this is a genuine concern. So I was like, it right back. So I pick up my phone. I go downstairs. She's like, uh, Dante. I'm like, yes. She's like, and just her mother lives in the apartment next door. There's an apartment mm -hmm. complex or a, a six family next door. She lives in one of those. And she goes, uh, my mom just told me to call you verbatim what she said. Someone in your first floor unit just got shot, murdered <gasps> and someone ran out and left. So here I am, like my oh face my just God. went and I go upstairs and I was like, uh, and they're like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah. And they could just hear it in my voice. I was like, I just got to run to my apartment cause I think there's an issue. And so, I call the police station and I, I'm like, hey, you know, I own the building. What's going on? They're like, we can't tell you what's going on, but there's activity around the building with multiple police officers. I'm like, great. So I drive over there yeah. and of course I pull up. There is like six police cars blocking off the street and there's a U-Haul in the driveway because my first floor tenant was moving in as this was happening. Oh, and what no. happened was, oh. oh yeah, yeah, it gets better. So like, this is like, I, they, they pay like $1,250 a month, which the median rent in Syracuse is like 900. So they're above the median. It's a nice spot. Right. We just renovated the whole thing, you know, new floors, new paint, stainless steel appliances, you know, tile surround bath, shower. It's, it's very nice. So there's two doors next to each other, the first unit and the second unit, and they're right next to each other. And there's stairs that go down to the sidewalk. So the second unit tenant was in heritage. She came with the property. She's very loud. She's got four kids. 
I mean, it, I've been working to get her out because the rent's really low and she's just disrespectful. Come to find out her, her baby daddy's <laughs> kid's father was dropping off the kids and saw another guy in the apartment <gasps> literally pulled out a gun and started open firing on the door. Oh my May God. I mind you, as my tenants are carrying in their mattress through the front door, shots are going by them. So I get there, I, I, the police officer approaches me. Luckily, it was a buddy of mine who is, uh, uh, it works in the city of Syracuse and he, he does a lot. He's like a, a head police officer. He broke down the whole thing for me. They ended up, this is just terrible. They ended up catching him on the other side of Syracuse in front of one of my other properties. Oh, <laughs> the guy, <God>. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they got him, they got him with a gun. He was on a $500,000 bail. I'm like, this guy's just coming out from all my properties. Like oh my literally God, the property's yeah. like 15 minutes away. And so um, the glass door all shot up. There's shots through the apartments. There's shot in the oh brand new apartment God. I just renovated. Were the kids and inside? The kids were inside. Oh my and like, God. It was, it was oh. a mess. So next in now the issue is there's no evictions. I cannot evict this person. And she's bringing around right. these individuals who are causing these yeah. issues. I mean, it's not the first time it's the first time it's been a shooting, but not the first time there's been an issue with police involved. Right. And uh, so just that whole story. Yeah. It's a little fun. It's like, Oh my gosh. But the whole point of it is what I'm saying is there's no evictions in New York state at the moment. Yeah. And now I'm stuck in a situation with that. Luckily you've we've tried, had no you've issue. tried cash for keys and you've tried all that. I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Hey, here's a thousand dollars. Please just leave. Yeah. Oh, well it's, it's COVID. I don't want to go outside. Da, da, da. But yet she leaves her kids at home and like goes outside and brings it, over know, her just... appointments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally. So, so like, let me, let me ask you a question, Dante. Cause I, oh, had this, go for it, man. I had this problem when I was, when I had my six unit apartment complex in uh, Cookville, Tennessee, and I uh, got someone out because um, I think it was, I can't remember what drug it was, but I just told them I smelled drugs in the apartment. Yeah. yeah, but there's no evictions. Even if yeah. there was illegal activity, you can't evict anyone I've talked anyone to the right sheriff, now. the lieutenant, no, 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 no. the captain. No, no. So like the I... police came in, and because the landlord said he could smell drugs, they were able to come in. They found paraphernalia, and they took her to jail. I had 30 days to tell her, hey, come get your stuff, because she was in jail, so she couldn't get her stuff, and I was able to get my apartment back. Well, New York is if very If you think tenant. she's got drugs. Favorite. Right. And I, and I do. And I've, I've literally told them that, I mean, I've done everything. I've talked to my buddy, the police station, talked to the district attorney's okay. office, New York state is so tenant friendly. And actually, I'm sure you know that they could literally be running a meth lab in there. And unless you have physical photos there, they can continue operation through your chimney. Like it's just yeah. that much of a mess. So that, that was just like a fun little story I had. Uh, oh my God. Not fun at not all, but like did, did, the, did the tenants move in? Oh yes. So I, I actually like, I knew them from a few years back from a church I went to and so it just happened to be that she rented out one of my apartments. I go over there. I'm like, Hey guys, like, listen, I understand. You know, I know we signed a lease, but I'm willing to break it. If you guys want to head out. Cause I get it. This stuff right. never happens. And the police yeah. officers were like, Hey, this, you know, this never happens in this neighborhood. We never get calls. I haven't been over yeah. here in a year. Cause it's a very nice area. How this tenant ended up there. I don't know. And uh, they're like, I go to church right down the street. I like the area. We're just going to stick it out. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Like say no more. It's, son. Yeah. I was just like, well, I'll be by next week to fill in the drywall where that bullet hole is that went through your apartment. <laughs> but it's just, it's crazy. I mean, this is my first, this is going to be my first full year of investing. I mean, I could 
go on with stories. It's just amazing how much, and I'm sure you guys have too, how much you've experienced in such a short amount of time. Like a, how many a units I'm doing is that apartment complex? Th- that's just a two unit. That it's oh, not. It's, it's just a duplex. duplex. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and, and it's a beautiful building. Like I said, I get top rents out of it. I, I cash flow 500 a door um, in it. I, I bought it at like an 8.9 percent cap rate. Uh, you know, and increased it. Unfortunately, without her side, it's sitting at like a 14% cap rate. But once I get her out, it'll be able to increase a little bit more and raise the rent. Um, but it's just, it's, it's crazy out there. So because of That's COVID, because story. of this, they, the, the marshal's office is closed, the courts are closed, and it's just, it's stuck. And I don't say that to scare anyone that's listening. I tell it for two purposes. One, purely entertainment, of course. And uh, <laughs> a two, you know, this is life. Stuff actually happens that's yeah. out of your control and it's going to happen. It's not you know, if it's, it's when, um, you should, um, file, uh, like June 1st though. So oh, that you have, have the oh, yeah. petition ready. Yeah. Good. Cause the courts Way are going to be that. like overcrowded July. 1st. You know how, oh, uh, there was a run on the banks in the, in the 1930s. Yeah. It's going to be a run on the courts on the, <laughs> <laughs> June 1st as soon as they open up with evictions. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, it, it's crazy. And then, um, I'm doing a burr right now on a property, and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm cold calling leads for properties that, you know, I was driving for dollars, got their information, cold calling. And I'm on the phone with this guy. He's got like 10 properties he wants to sell. So I'm like, I finally hit the jackpot. And then as I'm doing that, my contractor texts me, the tree in the backyard fell on my house. Uh, oh. oh yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to focus this guy. You know what? And I I'm did trying to your, like look. your Instagram, you you're like tree cutting party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this this tree fell down, knocked over the, the neighbor's fence, yeah. fell right in my in my house on the roof. Luckily, there wasn't any like crazy damage, but like I got over the next day, chainsawed that bad boy up, and like now my backyard's filled with like so much wood. I don't even know what to do with it, but it's it's stuff that happens that's just out of our control. So I've had to spend the last three days organizing wood in my backyard <laughs> of a project that I should be on the inside painting. And, and, you know, and you just got married. I can't imagine what your wife's thinking right now. Like, geez, what did I get into? Well, oh, for her, all these bad things over. happened after she yeah. married you. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's like, you are not going over to that apartment by yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. they caught him. Like, <laughs> they caught the guy. So again, I don't tell that to scare anyone. I just tell it, you know, again, entertainment and it's stuff that happens. It's real world. I mean, Felipe, like you said, you had a story there. Ashley, I'm sure you have yours as well. Please, if anyone has them, fire, fire away. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything that's. Yeah, how do you top that? Terrible at that. <laughs> I know. I, do I can't have, wait I do to sell at my real story. estate meetup. That's. What, yeah. I do have a small story, but nothing like that. I had a tenant recently um, who I asked to leave because he stayed, and I. The only reason this happened was because I was quarantined in Florida. But I had one tenant who was like, "Hey, can I pay you next weekend?" I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Um, but he knew that I wasn't in the city, so I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. I'll have my cousin come over and pick up the rent. No big deal." So that became the seventh or the eighth the next weekend, I believe, maybe the ninth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was like, "All right, yeah, I'll pay you Sunday." And then Sunday he just didn't answer his phone, and I was like, "All right, whatever." I got forty something other tenants I can worry about. And then like he didn't answer until Wednesday, and he was like, "Hey, it's Wednesday, dude. I get paid on Friday. Are you cool if I just pay you Friday?" And I was like, well, "That's like in two days, or whatever." And then like Saturday he didn't. Uh, he still didn't pay, but I was back in Nashville by then. So I went to the house. Uh, I'm not a little guy. Right. So I, I, I just went to the house. I was like, Hey dude, <laughs> you haven't paid me rent. And he was like, yeah, no, I know. I'm sorry. Da, da, da. And I was like, no, like you have to leave. So I asked him to leave. And, and then he, I was like, you either leave or I'm going to file for an eviction. Like, how do you want to do this? I was like, and he's like, no, I'll leave. I'll leave. It's fine. So he left. 
I literally went down the block, came back, and he was trying to put his stuff back in. I think he thought I was leaving, like, again. Yeah. Are you like, serious? Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm not kidding. Like, you need to leave. I don't want to see you here anymore. So I came back for like two or three days straight. He never came back. Um, and then I, so I put the room up for rent on Facebook like I usually do. Tell me he why applied. this will hit. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. He applied. I was like, hey, dude, I got the money. Like, would you take me back? And I was like, dude, you owe me two weeks <laughs> oh of rent. God. And you like tried to lie to me. And then you tried to move back in. Oh no. Dude, and then, I'm not and then you applied for, for my room. apartment again. And then you applied for the room again. I was like, what is wrong with you? But oh my God. Nothing goodness. compared to bullet holes. But yeah, I mean, people are like, it's just insane. It blows my mind of what people are willing to try to do. Oh yeah. So like the, the thing that drives me nuts is so this tenant, she didn't even contact me or anything. She called the code enforcement office of the city and said, Hey, there's a bunch of holes in my front door that need to get fixed. You need to call the landlord to make sure he fixes it. So then the codes office calls me and says, if I don't fix it in a day, they're going to start fining me per day. So you know what I did? I literally, so just to give you an idea, it's a, it's a door with like one of those wide oval glasses in the middle, like glass oh, yeah. doors. And so the glass was all just busted through. So I literally went down this, like I have a rehab going on in the same exact street. I went to the street. I took off one of the old doors off the hinges. I took my saw, sawed it right in half. And I just put it right on her door and just drilled it right in. So literally there's a door on her door. I'm like, I'm not replacing this until she leaves. Like, right. Yeah. Want, yeah. No, I wouldn't do that anything. She's going to take care of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's Especially just, if she's uh, not playing market rent or anything. It, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Ashley, what do you got for us? Come on, give us a little something. Well, I get, I did my first like full eviction recently and mm -hmm. I guess the, the, the family dynamic is a little interesting. So she, um, the cops were called because of domestic fights between the boyfriend and girlfriend. The girlfriend was on the lease. The boyfriend wasn't, um, they had kids together, two boys, uh, I think like maybe six and one, I think they were. And then, um, the grandfather also lived there. They were inherited tenants. They had lived there for two years fine. And then all the, her boyfriend moved in, all these fights started. So I sent them a notice this fall that I was terminating their month to month lease. Well, once they received that notice, they're, stopped paying rent. So we filed a holdover eviction. Um, I think it was in December maybe. And then by the time we got to court, it was January. She didn't show up to court. So um, they granted it in my favor. Um, two weeks later, uh, the sheriff scheduled with me to go to the property to get rid of her. So we show up at the property 9 a.m. on like a Wednesday and no one is home except for the grandfather. And I mean, he is you know, I, I think like 90, he can barely walk. He um, actually had, it, he was in his, his boxers when we arrived and he had a, a like a, a plastic Walmart bag, bag like hanging out in between his legs that it was like acting like a diaper for him. Like it was, wow. it was really sad. And just yeah. like the living conditions in there were awful. And when I had purchased the property, this family had been living there and it was like, it was fine. I mean, it, it was my, no means clean to my expectations, but like this, I mean, it was just filled with stuff and just gross, disgusting. The bathroom couldn't even walk into it. It was so gross. So the sheriffs are like, well, we need to get a hold of the tenant. You know, where is she? And they're like, well, she's at work. So we found the grandfather's cell phone and the police are calling her. She's not answering. So he gives them the, the number of his, so it'd be the grandfather's daughter. And mm -hmm. she's like, well, I just, I just worked an eight hour shift. I can't come get him now. And we're like, 
he's being evicted from his home. And she literally lived in the, like a town 10 minutes away. She's, wow. I can't come get him. You'll have to call someone else. Wow. And like that call even more was so sad. <laughs> and like, so they tried contacting like family protective services and everything. And then finally we got a hold of the tenant. She's like, well, I'll, I'll come home now. I thought I had to the end of the month. And it was like the 20th. And wow. when she got there, well, I actually left and I went and bought the, there's three sheriffs. I bought them breakfast sandwiches at the, the <laughs> local diner because I felt so bad that, you know, they had to wait and like, wait for right. to come back. So then, um, so she came back and she was just like, all this stuff is my boyfriend's. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Like she didn't even like, it didn't register that she didn't pay rent in three months. It was just oh, yeah. that like all of her boyfriend's stuff was there and she had to try to get out. I mean, nothing was packed. So we stayed there for like a couple hours, let her take some stuff onto the porch. I mean, she just had this little tiny car. Um, She ended up leaving with the grandfather and going to her father's house or whatever. So I set up a time with her a couple days later for her to come, comes by herself again, her little tiny car, starts packing (laughs) stuff. So then I meet with her another day and this day she has some help and I just like leave her there. And I I was working on a property right down the road. I'm like, I'm going to be back at this time. So I come back, I mean, still tons of stuff. So by this point, you know, it's almost to the 30 day mark where I can get rid of stuff. So I hire a guy to um, come in and just throw everything out in the dumpster. Well, (laughs) actually just yesterday I was texting him and asking if he had taken any pictures of all the garbage in there before he threw it all out. He's like, well, I have two. I'm like, okay, I'm looking for one with like the gross carpets before. He's like, well, you can see a little bit of the carpet. So he sends it to me and it's a pile of, sex toys that they had um left <laughs> behind i'm like oh my god i hope you like wore gloves and he threw that he's like oh i used to shovel and <laughs> threw it in the dumpster <laughs> but i mean they just they trashed the place and i mean she and the worst part was was like she just this lady did not care and actually yeah. when i was there and i i didn't knew this but she actually went to my high school and when i was there with the sheriff she said you know you went to um high school with me and I was just like oh yeah and she had been like a year younger than me and I'm like why would you even bring that up like that's embarrassing for you like yeah here I am evicting you and you're trying to like be friends stay in front of the cops like yeah can you make an exception yeah and just like it's really we're alumni together (laughs) yeah she just didn't understand like to her the worst part was how much stuff was in the house and she was so sorry yeah that was her boyfriend in the house yeah and just kept blaming it on him it's like what about the rent that you haven't paid me and then yeah Yeah. ashley ashley has um has a really interesting ig because there's a small (laughs) ig video somewhere deep in her instagram where she's working out at the gym and the girl that she was a victim oh, i did went see this the gym yeah that was that was like girl it's like if she walks by me and she yeah. was there i'm, I'm gonna run right off this treadmill on her face yeah. so yeah, yeah, she yeah. went there to use the um tanning, tanning bed. bed and then when i went into they have like the hydro massage chair when i went in mm-hmm. to use the hydro massage chair she was sitting in one of the like chair recliner massagers i'm like and what? there's your rent money, there's <laughs> your rent money. it's like oh the tanning bed sessions on you right <laughs> like i that's need so to funny. relax i just let you live for free for three months <laughs> yeah that's and uh just just to intervene real quick so on that story i told i don't want anyone to think i'm very mean by evicting this lady because she was shot at between the last three months there's been six cop visits at her house for yeah. her yeah just her behavior and I kid you not, the next day after the shooting at 5 a.m., 
there was four people fist fighting at her front door. Like that's that, how that, this place was. Just want just to put like, in perspective. Yeah. A nice comeback. <laughs> and it, no, and it's for the safety of the people that live next door. You know, mm-hmm. the people that are, you know, paying that, that higher With two rent. Little and girls. For, yeah. And for the neighbors too. I mean, mm-hmm. I got calls constantly from the neighbors um, about the fights going on and how many times the cops had to come. And my upstairs tenant in that unit actually installed security cameras. Um, oh, I, I don't blame her. She was worried about her safety. So she's very happy now yeah. that they're gone. I, I mean, there was, there was four kids that lived in that unit with her too. And there's two kids in the unit downstairs. That's six kids on the property. Yeah. Uh, two adults downstairs as well. That's, you know, that's a safety issue. And I, as I'm driving over there, all the landlords, we all have each other's like numbers because there's a lot of like two families, three, four families in that, like ran that street, yeah. five of them. What the heck's going on? I'm like, I'll tell you when I get there. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, oh Felipe, gosh. what about you? What do you got going on, man? Talk to us. Yeah. We're just talking here today. That's all we're doing. We're just having a good time. This isn't organized at all. You threw <laughs> us together. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, listening to you guys' story. It kind of reminds me that real estate is still a business and you oh, know, yeah. you have to treat it as that way because if you don't, you, it's, it's, I mean, you still have your moral dilemma and who you are as a person and all that, but if you don't treat it like a business, you're putting yourself liable to get sued. Yeah. Right. So if you don't treat all tenants mm-hmm. the same way and honor your right. lease the same way across the board, you know, it's really easy for one tenant to say, Hey, I'm purple and she's green. Why did you treat her that way? Right. Or why not me this way? Or, you know, you gave her leeway. Now you have to give all of us leeway. Right. Exactly. You have to Wave an elite fee, your- so to speak, just something right. like that. Yeah. You have to abide by your code. Um, it, like if it's life or death for your business, because it is like, it, it mm-hmm. really is. And you can get in trouble if you don't treat every single person the same way based on your starting from your local laws and then just breaking it down to your lease and everything in between, everyone has to be treated the same. Um, you know, yeah. I don't blame Ashley for, for asking that, or kicking that lady out or, or you for trying to get rid of this lady who's, you know, having gunshots going through her house while someone else is moving in. I mean, you, you have to take the action that you have to take to create a business because you've put your, not only your, your family, you know, your, uh, your working capital, your cash, you've, you've invested mm-hmm. into this rental property for someone to just have like that kind of drama. It's just unacceptable. And it's not yeah. that you're being a bad person and don't, I would challenge you never to apologize for something like that. You're taking care of what your business, right? I mean, one day, oh, yeah. Dante, you're going to have kids like me and Ashley have. And, and at the end of the day, you can't feed them what you don't have. Right. And I've had to learn that. Like I have to treat all my tenants the same because I have to have a business to feed my son going forward. Yeah. Right. And I and- forgot to mention too, that the, the lady actually had her kids taken away from her. Um, the one that I evicted, so they weren't living there. So that made it easier that there was no kids to evict. But um, I, I have to agree with you because I still feel like I'm, I'm young in my business. My business is still young. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not a multimillionaire yet. And I, yes. I want, I want to yes. be in that position. I want to have a stable business now so that in the future, if there is someone that honestly and actually needs my help, that I can afford and be able to help them. And right now it's, it's, you have to really draw the line and figure out because people are going to try and take advantage of you. And I have seen, you know, investors that have let people live for free for a long time because, you know, they're just nice and they think that, you know, this person is going through a hard time, but you know, in real reality, they're not. Um, right. And so- I mean, and Felipe hit it right on the head, you know, it's a business. It, it's not yeah. a hobby. And to go back to that property, just because obviously I've talked about that a lot, the guy I bought it from, you know, I talked to the neighbors and everything. 
and I did my work. It was his only property he owned. And the neighbors were just like, this guy's got like no backbone. He just threw people in there because he felt bad. He didn't do background checks, anything like that. And both units were behind on rent by, by months. Um, in he treated it as a hobby. You know, he gave leeway. He didn't do what you should be doing in a job, doing background checks, doing credit checks, you know, checking all of those things, verifying income. And it, you know, it goes to show, you know, you, those tenants are now a part of your life. Those people that you're putting in there, they are a part of your life, whether you like it or not. And they can right. either bother you and ruin your life and make it miserable, or they can act normal <laughs> accordingly mm-hmm. and, and civil, you know, as they should. Well, it's also like if you were operating a restaurant, you know, if Mm -hmm. there was someone that disrupting the other customers, so your other tenants that live in that house, you would ask that customer to leave. You know, it's, it's very common in a business model to, you know, stick with and support, you know, the customers who, you know, pay their bills, who, you know, don't disrupt everything. And then, you know, kindly ask the other people to leave. Unfortunately, it's a lot easier to ask someone to leave a restaurant than... (laughs) Yes, then it is to to move out of a home. But yeah, you just have to remember that it is a business and that, you know, this is your income and this is your family's future. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's not fair that, you know, your, your family can't go on vacation this year because your tenant didn't pay rent for three months, but they have that, you know, 80 inch plasma TV in their living room, you know, yeah. I agree. And, and just to kind of touch on what you said, it's it's funny. So I have another in a different building. I have another uh, family that lives upstairs. They're, they're very nice. They've always been on time. If they haven't, they're very proactive about it. And they tell me. And and like, I hey, love that too. A- I Oh yeah. Communication more, is key. Yeah. We'll work with you a lot more if it's up front. Exactly. Yeah. Like when this whole COVID thing first hit, they called me, Hey, this is the deal. We've got, you know, we both just got laid off. I've got mm-hmm. half the money for you now. And I said, okay, that's fine. Can you do the other half on the 16th? Yes, we can do that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We'll make that. I'm going to waive the yeah. late fee because one, it, it's the law at this point. Yeah. And two, <laughs> they've always worked with me. They've always been really good. And it's, it's a freak you know, circumstance. Fast forward to yesterday when I went to go do some work to the apartment, I go in there and they got a brand new washer and dryer, a brand new like 70 inch TV. I was like, oh man, that stimulus check has hit in a hard, but they're all up to date. So it's okay. They're, they're paid up to date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the thing that I do with my tenants is I, I make rent not negotiable, but if you're hungry, I'm going to feed you. So like, hey, what why can't you pay rent? Well, dude, I really got to put gas in the car and I got to buy meals for my family. Tell you what, I'm going to give you $100 to Kroger and I'm going to put 20 in your tank. What else do you need? But rent right. is not negotiable because I just don't want to train my tenants that way. Right. So and I you can give, give them, them, you know, do a gift card. Their food. Yeah, exactly. A gift card to Kroger. It's okay, yeah. here's $100 towards that. And here's twenty dollars towards your gas to make sure you can go to work and you can feed your family. Because I'm still a human, right? I'm still I still have like a soul, right? Like I'm still yep. I still want to be that guy, but rent is just out of the question. It's one of those like outside of the box non negotiables that I would rather give you money and then you then you not be able to pay rent because I don't want yeah, it, my tenants to get used to that at all. It's like I'll buy you food, put gas in your car. Your kids want to go to the movies because they haven't been out in thirty days or I mean, whatever the case may be. I'd rather yeah. do that than, than, than like wave or whatever on rent. Right. Like what's the and reason I mean, you can't pay rent and let's cover that so that you can pay rent. And it's pretty, I know it's, it sounds terrible. But it's pretty sad that sometimes we need to incentivize our tenants to, you know, to train them to do this, like for Christmas, 
you got kids in the house. Awesome. I get each kid a little like, you know, $10, $15 Christmas gift, which is usually something cool, you know, something fun mm-hmm. they really like. And yeah. the parents, I'll go grab chocolates or something, you know, for Christmas or Thanksgiving at uh, one of my jobs, they give out like a, a turkey coupon. So if they know a family's so much struggling, I'll go cash the coupon. I'll give them a, a turkey for, you know, for Thanksgiving. Right. Like this lady that I had issues with, I brought her a full paper bag of groceries for her and her family. Like as soon as this thing hit, because I knew she got unemployed. I also know she's got four kids upstairs and I also know it's extremely hard to feed four kids on unemployment, you know, and it's just, it blows my mind sometimes with these situations, but you know, it is what it is. Some, some people are very appreciative. Other people are just don't care and they just take advantage of you until the day you die. Yep. That's exactly right. So very good. Uh, Anything else you guys got? Or I'm going to go into another segment, if not. But please, if you do, clear away. No, go ahead. And let's yeah, let's on the next one. Yeah. All right. I, I got some questions for the both of you. So there's a series of questions I'm going to ask both of you. And we'll just go. We'll bounce back and forth. Ashley, ladies first. So we're going to start with you. <laughs> um, so first question is, favorite podcast? Do not say your own. Do not say mine. <laughs> do not say bigger pockets. Um, actually, it would have to be the Elevate podcast um with Tyler Chaser I think that's his last name um Felipe and I were a guest on that and I just loved his uh mindset um and he was just so interested in you know in everything we talked about and then just he had every you know we talked about real estate investing how to start as a rookie stuff like that but then he would just add this great value about mindset and I really enjoyed um his podcast okay awesome Felipe, what do you got? Sure. So everyone knows that, or everyone on my podcast, or if anybody listens to me any more than two hours, they know that I'm a Christian. I, and this is going to be way out of line, but I love Joe Rogan's podcast. Wow. <laughs> Dude. It's entertaining, Joe isn't it? Rogan, more than entertaining, I saw him as a meathead. And then you listen to the dude talk. He is smart. I mean, he's bullet. He is smart. I've never and, listened uh, to it, but he's number one podcast, right? He has the number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, he's number yeah, yeah. one for a long time. And uh, he just talks. That's the fun part. It's just like a conversation, you know? It's, it's so good. It's uh, his Elon Musk one. Um, so many podcasts are so, so good. And then I have a secret internal um, uh, love for something that I haven't told anybody or many people, but I love the uh, murder mystery ones. Ah, someone else said that. Someone else said that was pretty good. Yeah. So I listen, I listen to that. Felipe is secretly a serial killer. He actually oh, yeah. murdered that dude that tried going back into his apartment after he kicked. Ah, wow. yeah, it was me. That's what it was. <laughs> Next question. Favorite book. Ashley, oh, that's hear me? so hard. Um, I, I'll just <laughs> say a couple. The index card, um, the automatic millionaire. Um, yeah, actually, I'd have to say uh, Steve Rosenberg's book to um, failing really our way to millions. It. Yeah, I just finished it. it's really good. Yeah, yeah, that was I. I also ordered that one because of Ashley. That guy only sold copies <laughs> of that book solely because of Ashley. It's like you should get some royalties for it. Felipe, what do you got? Really good. That book's really good. I uh, I personally am really in love with Life and Air book. I think that one changed my mentality on investing. And how and why to invest and where to invest. I haven't read that one yet, but I do love personal finance books better than like real estate investing books. Life I, is a really good book. Yeah. I don't really like ever like say, hey, you should go, but book I just finished, which is really, really good, The Go Giver. 
Uh, not sure if either of you guys have read that book. No, uh, it's it. phenomenal. It's, it's not too right long. Now. Yeah, The Go-Giver. It's a red book with like a lion thing on the front. I'm not going to tell you kind of what it's about because I don't want to ruin it, but it's like it's, it's a story about a character, but it also takes in a business and perspective. Phenomenal book. I read it in a day because it was just that good. I think you guys will love it too. So Do you need me to order that off Amazon for you, Felipe? And have it that would be you. fantastic if you would. Yeah, Prime he has been on the, the game lately. Day. Well, he texted me, do you have an Amazon Prime? I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you order me a new phone case? <laughs> and I just got it today, actually. Look. Oh, oh it looks nice. Oh, Felipe. Let's see. You got the, uh, yeah. you got the green? Ooh, yeah, big boy. Oh, my, <laughs> nice. my wife, my wife, my wife made me upgrade my phone because the last one had a crack in it. Uh, all right. Ashley, uh, biggest hurdle in real estate. Biggest hurdle you've had to overcome in real estate. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um, I guess like figuring out exactly what I want to do. Um, okay. So kind time. of like your investing method, method, so to speak. Yeah. So like, I like get distracted by shiny objects and like, Oh, let's try <laughs> flipping. Let's try, you know, commercial property. Let's, you know, try to wholesale land, all this stuff. So I think that's my biggest hurdle is staying focused on, yeah or at least you know mastering one thing like I, I think I have buy and holds you know pretty well you know covered and then you know instead of just moving on to okay let's you know do full rehabs I'm like full rehabs let's buy land let's buy a mobile home park you know shooting out and so I right, need to right. focus in on one strategy at a time or you know maybe even only do a couple and just master those okay Felipe, that's you. That's me. I'm trying to think. Felipe's like, I don't have any hurdles. I've had it so darn good in this whole investing. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> hard for him to like overshadow me on the no. podcast. So like just the fame and, you know, like being the number one host. <laughs> First of all. No, I think for me, that honestly. burden my... he has to bear. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. The burden that I got to be next to Ashley. No, um, I think honestly, my biggest hurdle in real estate is um, creating the systems and letting myself out of it. Um, I mm. love being in charge. It's just part of me. Um, and it's really hard to like let go of that. So if I'm being vulnerable, I think it's letting go of what I'm in charge of. Okay. Yep. Next question is going to be favorite part of investing. I would think that you have a lot of flexibility with it. You know, you yeah. can pretty much do it whenever you want. Um, you don't have to keep doing it. You can stop. Um, there's a bunch of different exit strategies, I would say. So like if I went and, you know, worked at a store and I hated it, I can either keep working or quit or get a new job. Um, but in real estate, I mean, you could, if you hate buy and hold and dealing with tenants, then you can change your strategy to flipping or maybe wholesaling. So I like that about it, that there's a lot of different ways to do real estate and it's also flexible. There's a lot of people who use real estate as, you know, their side hustle, their second job and, or that it's just passive income that they literally do nothing for and just get their money deposited into their account every month. Yeah. I would have to yeah. piggyback off what she said. I think the freedom is so amazing. Um, it, there's a lot of hard work that you put in the first couple of years and then there's great freedom afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, the, it's having the choice and having the availability yeah i mean it's epic i mean i literally had two things to do today and it was two podcasts and those are fun things the rest of the time i played with my son I mean, that's it did what i yeah. want right i mean you really take those initial initial steps by getting everything set up getting the system set up getting everything in place so i get that uh ashley biggest hero 
Hmm. I don't know. Just go ahead and say my name. It's okay. Felipe. Felipe. All right. Felipe. I'm surprised Felipe, I didn't think so of that. I Just say that. Name. Yeah. Um, gosh. Felipe. I don't really it's know. Okay. <laughs> say it with us. Felipe. <laughs> Just let it out. Ashley, do we have to come back I, to you? Christina Mejia. <laughs> my wife. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. <laughs> She's our hero because she has to deal with him on a daily basis. Oh, How about that? You got two of us. <laughs> But I, I can say, like, my mentor right now um, is Steve Rosenberg. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know I post about him every other post. But um, I don't really know about, like, a big hero in my life for, like, a long time. Um, but as of right now, like, my biggest mentor is Steve, and he's really helped me a lot um, kind of grow as a person and in my business. Awesome. Yeah, for me, I think um, – my biggest hero is probably my mom. I've looked up to her since my parents got divorced and how she's like got us out of everything through real estate. So like I've seen the power of real estate in feeding your kids. So like mm-hmm. if everything just hits the fan, then you at least have rentals to pay your, you know, to eat and have a roof over your head. So I'd say yeah. my mom, that's an easy one. Okay. Uh, favorite non-real estate related hobby. Um, I've started. So when I was younger, I used to do archery with my dad and my Ooh. brother. And uh, so we would do like 3D archery shoots um, every winter. And I actually went to like the world championships for IBO a couple of years in West Virginia with my dad. So I was really into it. And then like I, and I hunted and I, then I went to college and then I had kids and, but now um, my oldest is six. And then even my uh, four-year-old, I've been teaching them and they have their own bows now. And we've been you know, getting back into archery together. So it's been a lot of fun to teach them that. And then I can kind of practice it again. Well, that's cool. We didn't know that about you. Yeah. I love doing archery. We had like a, a segment in high school where we had to do archery. It was really fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Felipe. Yeah. Um, I love working out and I love pl- having, you know, spending time with my son. I mean, honestly, that's all I do now for till he gets older, I guess, till he wants to not hang out with me. <laughs> but right now he's like <laughs> choice. So Six hours I work out, the other six hours I play with my son. And then like 10 minutes in there, I do he like does, two things. <laughs> he does both at once. He's lifting his son. Yeah, he's growing his son. <laughs> oh, I that's good. I worked out that's in my good. garage with him being out there playing. So I won't say that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's like, no, put the 25-pound weight down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and last question, newbie advice. So advice you have for someone that's getting started in real estate investing. Yeah, I would say start with a goal and keep with it all the way through and through. Don't 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 pull an Ashley and go for this, for that, for like go for a bunch of different things. I think I, I tell Ashley all the time, I think she's been very successful because she knows what she has a certain niche. And if she keeps doing that, she's gonna be successful over time. It's not gonna happen overnight. So personally for me, I just say find a goal, stick to it, and then you know, it doesn't matter if it's better or worse the deal, as long as it meets the goal, do it. Yeah, and I would say if you haven't started investing yet, figure out why you haven't and figure out what you're missing. So is it, you know, the three I usually think of as time, money, or experience. Maybe you can find a partner or figure out a way how to get, you know, that thing that you are missing. You know, a partner can bring you money, but also maybe if you, you know, budget, cut back, save, you can, you know, accomplish the money part on your own. So I would just figure out what you're missing. And maybe it's just fear even, um, and just take action. Awesome. That's some good advice. All right, guys, where can people find out more about you, connect with you, or learn about real estate investing with you? So well, everyone I that follows am... Ashley <laughs> needs to stop following Ashley on IG and come follow me. So 
all of IG that follows Ashley, stop following her right now. Come follow me at Felipe. Do you, do you hear this REI. jealousy? Green Felipe is coming out. <laughs> oh man. And Ashley, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Wealth From Rentals and also um, on Bigger Pockets. If you search uh, Ashley Care, you can find me. There we go. And the way awesome. you spell Ashley Care is Felipe Mejia REI. That's <laughs> oh, there you go. It's pronounced a little differently. The, yeah. the Ashley is silent. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time coming on today, especially doing two podcasts in one day. Uh, I really yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, uh, it was fun. This is fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love, like I said, I love just having a conversation. I'm pretty right, sure yeah. I asked you guys those questions when you guys were on individually. So I feel like, I don't know, I, Felipe, like, I feel like last time you said your mom was your biggest hero. So we know you're not lying. That's how we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Very good. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for stopping okay. in and listening today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you took something away from today's episode. For more information, you can find us on Instagram at Dante Belmonte. See you next time.